You are listening to Value Engine's Magnet Minutes, hosted by Jordan Kemmel, a podcast for investors to tune into the markets and stay informed. Welcome to Magnet Minutes. This is Jordan Kimmel with an update for July 21st, 2022. And we're going to bring on an old friend and a new friend. We're bringing on Keith Franco. And you know him as the director of the chief security architect over at Format Cyber. And we're bringing on Defeer Fuller, who joined the company as their chief salesman and marketing. So thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thank you for having us back, Jordan. So, so Keith, let's just set the stage. We had you on right before the war was breaking out, right when the war was breaking out in Europe. And there was a tremendous amount of interest about cybersecurity. Would we be hit? Would our systems go out? But frankly, this is not a, a new issue. It's not a new business. So let's just take a couple minutes. I know that, that your firm helped smaller companies, individuals, and some large companies as well. So set the stage for Format Cyber and exactly what you guys do, and then we'll get into some more meat about some other companies. Sure. So very high level, Format Cyber provides cybersecurity solutions, consulting, and even staffing to help those companies um, either build out their security programs from the ground up or help augment what they already have in place. Um, so that again, that could be taking the form of placing cybersecurity professionals um, or helping a client determine which cybersecurity solution is the best fit for them. Well, fantastic. And, you know, so we just hear endless stories of uh, you know, ransomware for large organizations. We hear a lot of, and I'm not saying it's hype, it's a lot of fear about utilities being taken down uh, and the grid. And so we have your partner, Defear, in here, and Defear is on the road. He shared before, he's not going to disclose what he's doing, but he's over at West Point today. So, uh, <laughs> Tafir, thanks so much for joining us and, and share a little bit, maybe your own background, if you'd like, and, uh, you know, how you're helping the firm. Sure. Thanks, Jordan. Um, so um, my name is Dafir Fuller, and uh, I'm in Director of Sales and Marketing. My background is primarily marketing, and uh, that's what I went to school for. And, you know, digital strategy, um, various, you know, facets within that SEO, you know, um, pay-per-click marketing, things like that. And I also have a foundation in, uh, you know, JavaScript, you know, front-end, back-end uh, programming. And, and so happy to join Format Cyber. And I'm helping develop our marketing and sales program in a very, very, very uh, crowded space. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's a great comment. We were talking about that before we got started. And, and Keith, so, you know, uh, we, we do Magnet Minutes. It's a great service for our clients to really understand what we do. I am personally on the investment side. That's my business. And so love the cybersecurity uh, needs and interests. But, you know, what we've talked about is I run a model called Magnet. It's growth at a discount and high quality companies. And even though these companies are high quality, there is no discount. You know, these companies are very expensive probably because of, of, I'm not saying it's hype, but the interest in the field. Um, so, you know, maybe you want to share, you could dig a little bit deeper into, you know, some not necessarily a contract, whatever you want to share, but um, 
some maybe some tips for companies, how exactly you help them. And then maybe we could even talk about the large public companies and, and maybe how you interface and bring their products to, to your clients. Sure. Uh, I mean, I would say higher level, there are some basics all organizations should be doing. First of all, you should have a set of policies defining what it is you're trying to achieve in terms of security at your organization. And that's going to be based on the risk tolerance of a different company, of different companies. So, um, you know, the needs of a healthcare organization are, are going to vary quite a bit from, say, a fashion retailer versus uh, like Goodyear that manufactures tires. So you really need to consider the elements of the business and couple that with um, a risk mindset of what is it you're trying to prevent? What are the costs associated with not preventing those risks? And what are the costs of implementing the controls and technologies to mitigate them? Uh, so some of the basics everybody's gonna have to do are you know, your traditional antivirus, your firewalls, your email and your web security. And on the personnel level, you should absolutely be doing cybersecurity awareness training. Um, preferably more than once a year. You don't want to just try to jam that in in December over a one-week period and expect anybody to retain that because you have to keep in mind cybersecurity is literally like Greek to most people. And if you tried to learn Greek by studying it for one week <laughs> per year, you're never going to get anywhere. Um, and you want to also couple that with the phishing exercises periodically. Um, some companies go a bit overboard, I think, which can have a reverse of, or a, an inverse impact where it generates some ill will and distrust from the employees. Right. So, so Kate, to, but before you yeah, go balance. on, you know, because you're so close to the weeds, when you say fishing, it's the summertime. Oh, That's yeah. not what you're talking about. You're not talking about <laughs> reels and rods, right? No, no, no. We're talking about um, email based attacks where the cyber attackers will generally try to impersonate somebody either within the company or a trusted third party, or maybe a consultant that everybody's familiar with. And by doing that, the hope is that when you see that email from that trusted entity, you will inherently trust the content. And if there's a link or an attachment, you will, without really thinking, you'll just kind of reflexively go ahead and open it. That's the expectation. And quite frankly, it does work a good amount of the time, which is why you know that's been going on for decades. And they continue to use that tactic. Uh, the human element does tend to be one of the weak links in the cybersecurity fence. That's what I guess. And, you know, so you, you all of a sudden you're looking at your phone or so you get a pop up. Your Amazon account was hacked. Please click on this link or, you know, 100 kind of attempts like that. And so um, you could put in all the high end security uh, and and gates and, and, and chains around. But like you say, I think it's the human element that is probably easiest defeated, right? Definitely, definitely. That's not to discount the technical elements, you know, vulnerability management where, you know, you hear about like, I don't know if you've heard of these, but, you know, Log4J and, you know, some of these other, uh, the SolarWinds breach a couple yep. of years ago. I mean, these can have a real measurable impact on organizations too, and they do need to be considered. But even after you batten down those hatches, you're always left with the human element because, you know, you just, you can't eliminate human impulsiveness um, and human error. Right. And it's not in cybersecurity. It's in all walks of life, car accidents and tripping and falling off ladders and everything else. Right. So, so, so Keith, let me ask you this. The fear does a great job. He calls you up and says, listen, I just secured 
a um, a fifty-person organization that that has a need. How quickly, how soon can that company engage you, and and then feel secure? How long does that take for implementation? Yeah, I mean, once we get started, it generally will start out with an with an assessment where we like to kind of pour through the policies, the procedures, uh, any security or IT personnel, look at the technologies they're using and also understand have they had past incidents? And if so, what try to track down what the cause was. Right. So that's anywhere from, uh, you know, anywhere from, let's say, one to three weeks to kind of do that initial assessment. And then from there, we begin to have those discussions around risk and some of the strategies and technologies that we could implement to mitigate risk. Um, and we'll offer a range of solutions, um, you know, from the Ford to the Lincoln to the Bentley. Right. And then it's up to the business to say, how much do we want to put into this? What is our risk tolerance? So I, I would say, you know, we're looking at all told anywhere from maybe six weeks on the low end, potentially up to six months if it's uh -huh. a real sophisticated environment. Yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, surprised at that. So, so it's not like calling a locksmith. No, and at the end of the all. day, there's a new lock on your door. It, it's really a complex uh, organization that you have that brings the security to other groups. I'm impressed. I thought it was going to take a little bit shorter than that. So, so you, let you me can ask get this. bits and pieces in place. Yeah. Sure, but like holistically, it takes time to really mature it. Right. So you're so you're not only hardware. You're really you're really to me that sounds then like security consultants. And, and you're working, you know, hand in hand with the customers. Yeah, with the business. We work with the tech people as well as the executives and everybody in between. Because you have to understand both ends of it to marry it all up and come up with an effective solution. Right. So, so let me ask you both this question. You know, again, I'm always looking for insiders. They call it scuttlebutt, where you learn from the real experts who's who in the industry. So I use a mathematical model, you know, it's magnet and it looks at revenue growth and it looks like at, at price versus value. Um, is there any company that's out there that maybe you use their suites? You might use a lot of them, but that you'd say, hey, you know what? This company's so high quality. You know, you can never buy a Rolls Royce at a discount. You know, um, you have to either pay up and decide you want to own it. Uh, those are not the kind of things that you find at a garbage sale uh, and, and come and buy cheap. So I'm kind of asking, is there any public companies that are so good that you might say, Jordan, you know what? You might consider them and let them grow into their shoes. These companies are going to be around in three and five years uh, and yeah. use a broad market sell off. To, to go in and in an individual security, any company along those lines? Yeah, there, there's a few that come to mind, and I assume you're, you're specifically talking about publicly traded companies. Yeah, that's how I. That's how we help our clients. Yep, absolutely. Okay, and, and I say it, there's literally thousands of private ones. Right. Um, on the public front, I would say Tenable, and they specialize in vulnerability management. Um, that's an area that a lot of organizations still struggle with, and Tenable. They've been a leader along with Qualys, but I think Tenable's been a bit more, more agile in the development of their tools and um, some of their strategies to help customers. Another one that I like, and this is an old school one, a lot of people, you know, don't really think about them anymore as, as you know, a leader or the shiny object, but I do like Trend Micro, mm -hmm. um, very comprehensive suite 
of very well integrated security solutions. So if, if, you, if you're an organization that maybe doesn't have a lot of security staff and you need kind of like um, a predefined, very well integrated, broad array of security tools, Trend Micro, I think is a good one to look at. Okay. And they've been around for 40 years. I mean, I don't think they're going anywhere. Okay, well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna remind the listeners, these are not recommendations for companies. Everyone does their own homework. Frankly, Keith, I'm gonna take out my pencil sharpener and, and a couple of those guys at Trend Micro, I don't know them. And, and I'll do my own homework to see what they look like. And so to fear, you know, we're, we're almost ready to wrap up. Is there anything you kind of want to add that you would maybe when you're approaching an organization, some questions that you ask them and, and to find out, you know, what they really need and do they need this and, and maybe what levels they need? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I really focus on is I focus on speaking to perhaps a CISO, not necessarily a CIO or a CEO. And the reason for that is the CISO would tend to know a lot more of the pain points, the technological pain points. And so we're gonna ask, you know, what are you dealing with right now? You know, I need to get a feel for what they're looking at. And I know they're, you know, I know their pain points when they're, they're burned out a lot of times, they, they're short staffed. And so I'm, I'm digging to figure out where can I pinpoint something that will actually help them in that regard. Fantastic. So, so let me Thank just you. ask this too, you know, Keith, is there something, you know, that I forgot to ask you that, that you want to bring out that's super topical? Um, I, I think just going back to what you mentioned earlier about Ukraine and Russia, I would just comment on that, that yeah, at the onset, there was a lot of uh, fear that this could result in World War III, but from a digital cyber attack perspective. And, um, you know, the thought being that all these different nation states were going to get involved, but that really hasn't happened. I mean, I'm sure it is happening at some capacity, but right. primarily it's been Russia and Ukraine launching cyber attacks at one another. Um, so I guess ultimately that's a good thing. Okay. And, you know, the cyber attacks could very quickly escalate into broader physical attacks. You know, ransomware and the worst. So let me ask you this kind of question. So let's just say that, uh, DeFear came in and identified the need. You spent six months um, and, and really put in the full architecture of safety. And then you get a phone call with a heavy, heavy Russian accent saying, we need your password. Can you give it to us so we could do a quick repair? Uh, what does the employee do in that case? Uh, they, they should <laughs> alert the IT department. <laughs> <laughs> the key is, and they, and, and they don't need to have a heavy Russian accent, right? Uh, the, the point right. is, when you get a phone call and someone says, hey, we found a quick incident in your company, you mentioned phishing, the pH, it comes through email. Um, but I understand this happens with these really innocent, uh, well-placed calls to um, vulnerable employee. And the next thing they do is uh, passwords out, systems down, and Keith and DeFear and the whole team um, are put obsolete from a human breakdown. Yeah, one quick tip I would add to that along, along the lines of this whole point you made is look at your LinkedIn profile and just be aware of what information you're sharing on there because that LinkedIn is like a buffet for cyber attackers. They potentially have a route into pretty much any company in the world. They can do a whole map of the org structure and understand who the key players are and the gatekeepers are. 
So if you're one of those gatekeepers, like if you're an administrative assistant for an executive, you want to let you want to make sure that you're minimizing what information you're exposing in your LinkedIn profile. Right. And, and Keith, last time you were on, frankly, you mentioned something really simple, but we got feedback um, that it's not a great idea to have your password as your first name, last name, one, two, three. Um, and it's also probably not a great idea to put on Facebook or LinkedIn. Hey, we're going on a three week vacation to Europe. Uh, we'll see you in a month because that's just not a good idea. And um, that's just yeah. dangerous, right? A any of these social media tools uh, where you can share personal or professional details, uh, the cyber attackers can can utilize that to their advantage. And they have automated tools that do this too. They don't need to be sitting there on the keyboard doing it. They'll exactly. write a screen there and just crawls the internet. Jafir, you wanted to add something? One more thing. Uh, yes, Jordan. Well, one thing that, uh, to take a point of what Keith was saying earlier, education, we want to consistently and continuously educate the business community at large about how dangerous these things could be. And so we can work towards looking at budgets to be allocated towards this, you know, this direction, because it's not just about spending money. It's about looking at stopping a problem before it happens. And that's how you hold on to your equity in the long term. So I want to mention that. It's a great point. It's a great point. And Thank so, you. you know, just wrapping it up, here's my thought here. You know, for whatever reason, you wonder why criminals don't spend all their hard effort in actually building <laughs> a business or doing something positive. It seems like criminals are sometimes ingenious and they figure out things. So what happens is you build a mousetrap, they figure out a way around that. And I think that, you know, super important, whatever's out there now is is going to change and there'll be new issues and mm -hmm. having a company like format cyber and a professional that's on top of new attacks is probably critical so i really want to thank you for your time it's a hot thank summer you. day you guys are keeping cool and keeping your clients cool and um and i'm going to do some homework keith on those companies you mentioned and uh, let's see if those companies get cheaper. Um, we're going to buy them in, the, in our accounts. And in the meantime, we look forward to having you back on again. And thanks for your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having Thank me Jordan. again. Really, really enjoyed it. Terrific. It's Jordan Kimmel with an update on Magnet Minutes for the informed investor.